Hi, and thanks for listening to the Belated Binge Podcast. We're currently between seasons, and I've decided to share some of my favorite bonus episodes nobody's gotten to hear yet. These were posted throughout Season 1 on Patreon for a level that nobody signed up for, so I'm sharing a few here while I take a few weeks off ahead of our binge of Chamber of Secrets. If you like these, there are still many more available on Patreon, and the backlog is still a patrons-only benefit. I'm also making a ton of updates to Patreon benefits for Season 2. In this one, I discussed how Molly Weasley was a sleeper agent who was activated at King's Cross Station during the journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. The Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Theory Corner of the Belated Binge Podcast. If you're listening to this, it means you've become a patron. So first, let me say thank you for your support. This podcast literally couldn't happen without you. And for that, we here at Belated Binge are incredibly grateful. It's awesome. In this section of bonus content, we explore theories associated with our binge. These might be some fan theories that got popular back in the day. It might be new ones that are making their rounds around YouTube or social media or wherever. Uh, They may also be completely original thoughts that we had right here on Belated Binge. Today we're diving into an idea that I first heard in a Super Carlin Brothers video about Dumbledore. Uh, Particularly, it's a playlist that they put together about Dumbledore's big plan theory. So if you're familiar with that, it means you probably have heard the, the running theme that we've had for our podcast, but maybe you've watched the videos uh, for that the Super Carlin brother, Brothers put together as well. So some of this might sound familiar to you, but hopefully not all of it, because I think we've I think we've expanded upon it and we've delved into nicks, nooks and crannies that uh, that they didn't have in their videos. So uh, hopefully you find it enjoyable. But either way, shout out to the Super Carlin Brothers who have no idea that we exist over here at Belated Binge. But they put out really interesting videos about Harry Potter theories in particular. So uh, I quite enjoy those two. We're calling this theory MI7 Kids. You've probably noticed a theme on the podcast to date, and that's how many episodes of our uh, you know, theories come back to Dumbledore's big plan. In my opinion, it's one of the most fascinating elements of this entire book series. It makes for some of the most intriguing theorizing and conversation that I've heard or that I've witnessed or that I've just gone down the rabbit hole myself and talked you know, privately about. It, today's theory is going to continue that trend. Today we're talking about Molly Weasley. In the journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters, where we're introduced to a red-haired pack of kids and their mother, one of the things that always stands out is her introduction line of dialogue. What's the platform number again? She asks. Molly went to Hogwarts for seven years. Until this moment, she's had five kids at Hogwarts who have either already finished their seven years or have been currently going for several years each. She's made this trip to the platform at least 20 times. She knows damn good and well what number the platform is. So this line only makes sense in three possible scenarios. She's got a bit of a ditzy mom brain and can't remember if she left her keys on the counter, in the fridge, in the trash can, or what platform she's heading to. Is she going to the grocery store? Is she getting her kids off to school? Do her kids go to school? How old are they again? What are your names? It would be fair for a stay-at-home mother of seven with five still in the house 
she could get away with having a, a minor uh, mishap or lapse in uh, clarity of the world around her. She's exhausted, too. The author hadn't decided that the platform was static. It could have been an early plan in the first book to have maybe the platform move every year, which, let's be honest, that would make a ton of sense for the security of the wizarding world if it did move around every year and wasn't the same spot every single time. But, you know, she had the affinity towards that spot because of the the personal connection that she had with it, with her parents and all that story. This isn't a this isn't a podcast about the author, but I mean, that's a possibility, right? Like maybe it wasn't supposed to always be nine and three quarters. Maybe some days it was supposed to be eleven and a half. Who knows? That could have been a possibility. The third thing is she's trying to get Harry's attention. Take a guess as to which one we're going to dive into today. First, let's start with why the heck would Molly be trying to get Harry's attention in the first place? She doesn't know who he is, remember? The theory is that Dumbledore planted Molly, not only to aid in getting Harry on the train if he perhaps got confused, knowing the Dursleys certainly aren't going to help him get there, even though, by the way, Petunia knows exactly where this is. She's been to the platform too, remember? Vernon has a real laugh about it. Petunia goes along with it, but in the prince's tale, she was on the platform with Lily saying goodbye at least one time, probably multiple times. So yeah, she knows where it is. She's not going to help Harry get there because the Dursleys are the worst. Instead, they left him, 11 years old, at a busy train station in London, knowing he could have ended up in a child trafficking ring, down in a hole with serial killers' basement, uh, and they just drove away laughing. It's kind of the worst, Toonie. But if this was the whole story, it would be thoughtful for Molly to be there to help, but not much of a theory to chew on aside from the Dursleys continuing to be the worst and bringing the whole series into question. This type of decision as guardians makes it impossible to believe these characters would have actually taken Harry in and raised him or even kept him alive when he showed up in the first place. But that's a completely different episode. What if it goes deeper than that, though? What if Molly is there for other reasons, not just because the Dursleys suck and she happened upon him? Perhaps protecting Harry and making sure he made it on the train safely? This is Harry Potter. This is the chosen one. This is the boy who lived alone, vulnerable, 11 years old, at a busy train station, Literally a sitting duck. Dumbledore is certain at this point that Voldemort is still out there somewhere. And if people like Tom the barman or Ollivander the wand guy can do enough math to figure out that it's the right year for Harry Potter to come to Hogwarts, surely Voldemort can too. Or any one of his Death Eaters with half a brain who aren't locked up in Azkaban. Like maybe one with a child the same age who's coming to Hogwarts at the same time. So who would be going to this same platform and could easily snatch up a young boy or push him in front of a muggle train before he figures out he has to run through a brick wall to get to school. If this was part of the plan all along, it also explains why Hagrid never told him how to board the train in the first place. He was supposed to run into the Weasleys. That's how Dumbledore planned it. I would completely believe that Dumbledore himself is lurking in the background somewhere, invisible, smiling when the meetup happens just as scheduled, and then leaving 
to go give the Dursleys a flat tire on their way home. That's my own personal headcanon. But if it's just about protection, he could have had Hagrid take Harry and definitely tell him how to get on the platform. If my fun headcanon is correct, and he was there himself, he could have helped Harry board the train. So why pick the housewife? That's nothing to diminish Molly. She has five kids she's trying to wrangle already. She has to find a kid she's never met, keep an eye on him, and be a bodyguard? She has enough to deal with. She's a housewife. From a bodyguard standpoint, there are more obvious choices. For one, this housewife is capable. It's true. Molly and Arthur didn't fight in the Order of the Phoenix when Voldemort rose to power. Presumably because they would have had Charlie and Bill. Probably still school age. Percy under 10. Twin boys, which are ornery as all get out, under 5. She would have been pregnant with Ron until that final year and immediately pregnant with Ginny. There's no way they could just leave all their kids at home and literally head into battle against the darkest wizard of the age and all of his minions. But before Molly married Arthur and started mass-producing children, seriously, Arthur, do condoms not work on magic sperm? Is there no the Sectimus Maximus spell? At least, like, you know, think a little bit. You have seven kids and no money. How does that... I, yeah, don't, don't get me started down that road. But before Molly became that housewife, Molly was a Pruitt. And her two brothers were in the Order of the Phoenix, and they did fight. They were killed, I believe, by Voldemort himself. We don't hear a ton about them, only how skilled they were. But she came from solid stock, and you know she could hold her own growing up with them. She also later murders Bellatrix Lestrange, one of the, you know, baddest, most awful, evil people in this entire series, with, of course, you know, NOT MY DAUGHTER, YOU BITCH! The point is, she can handle a wand. Not just Arthur's. Her own wand. There's, if there's a single possible housewife who can protect Harry Potter, this is that housewife. Molly Weasley is a badass. But again, if it's only about protection, there's still more obvious choices with less nuance, right? Like an eight-foot half-giant. I hate to keep going back to that, but like, he literally is three offensive linemen he's plenty capable of being that protection so why set up this meet with the weasleys what if dumbledore didn't just intend for molly to help harry find the train and make sure he boarded it safely what if he planned for her and arthur to become this surrogate family for harry all along this is a family with values that reflect dumbledore's with a history of goodwill with him in the order a run of several gifted children that they've raised who have proven themselves to be very gifted at Hogwarts and perhaps above all else have shown that the most important thing to them is family, something that Harry has never had. On top of that, they have a son the same age going to Hogwarts at the same time. It's not a stretch. Giving a little meat-cute of sorts to two 11-year-old boys is at least probably going to be well received and given ron's family and harry's character chances are they'd get along and they'd i don't know probably ride the train together and probably become friends i'm not saying that molly used ron to manipulate the ride on the train but they're 11 put two 11 year old boys 
together, they're going to play. They're going to have fun. As long as neither one of them are little awful Draco Malfoys, they're going to have fun together. And even Dumbledore couldn't have set it up to go as perfect as it did, but I'm sure he probably had a backup plan if it didn't. But before we wrap this up, let's cover some logistics. Timing. How would you know they'd cross paths? The Weasleys have five kids going to this train station. They're not going to be early. And Harry isn't going to know how to get on the platform. So they just had to make sure that they got his attention to follow them because he's going to be outside the platform, presumably indefinitely, until the train is gone and then he's going to be screwed. So the fact that they're probably going to be not early birds to the train, they're going to run into him. He's the kid standing there not knowing what to do. Also, lightning bolt scar. But what if he didn't follow? I don't think any of this was an accident. Molly saying the platform out loud just as she's walking past him is to get good attention. Having the kids stop and organize them before sending them through the platform is a stall to make sure he can catch up to them. If he didn't, I'm sure Molly would have turned around and got him before coming through with Ginny, somehow cleverly, you know, just in mom fashion, noticing, oh, I'm sorry, have have you been having trouble getting, I notice your owl. Like, she would have found a way to get him through that platform. The twins helping him with his trunk? Molly might not have put them up to it, but again, Seeing the familiarity before the platform opens up these opportunities for nice kids from a nice family to be nice to the kid that's alone without a family. So making sure that Harry runs into them and can see them all and has that brief moment of camaraderie only snowballs into the things that are to come. Dumbledore needed to make sure that Harry had somewhere to go in the wizarding world, somewhere to feel safe to feel love, to feel like family. He can't stay at school forever. He needed something, some connection, some some feeling of just belonging to something bigger on a personal level that he just wasn't going to have without this type of relationship building. Not just so he could be happier, but to give him something to fight for. After all, Taking on the darkest wizard of the age is hard enough, but doing it when you have nothing to live for and no one you care about? Even enough to just save the What are the odds that Harry succeeds in this scenario in which he has no one that he cares enough about to try to save and then finds out, oh, I have to die in order to keep these people safe? Like, who's he dying for in that scenario? Or worse, What are the odds that he ends up more like Snape than James? I'm really glad we don't have that story. We have this one. The one where Dumbledore's plan continues. Where Molly Weasley is a sleeper agent and also a total badass who not only made sure that no Death Eaters could take out the Chosen One before he got on the platform, but also plants this seed of belonging, of familiarity, of love, of family in Harry and gives him gives him that thing worth living for and later on worth dying for. Again, thank you for being a patron and listening to the Belated Bench Podcast and hanging out with us over here on Theory Corner. 
As always, shout out to producer Jack, who we work like a dog. And if you came here from the middle of our regular podcast, where we're rereading these chapters, feel free to jump back in and pick up wherever it is that you left off. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on Theory Corner here from the Belated Binge Podcast. Podcast.